The following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. Who knows what's happening in Brazil in about three weeks' time? Any takers? Anybody know? World Cup. We have the Soccer World Cup. And I was thinking about uh, when I first started getting interested in the World Cup was actually back in 2002. And that was the first year, well, the first year after a long time that Australia uh, got into the finals and uh, it was in Japan and South Korea. And in that stage, I was actually working uh, on shift at the Steelworks in Wollongong. So there was day shift, afternoon shift and night shift. And I found that I was just bombarded with the message of the World Cup everywhere. You put the TV on in the morning, they're talking about it on TV. You watch the news at night, they're talking about it in the news. You go into McDonald's, there's uh, advertising about the World Cup, advertising everywhere. Where I was working, everybody was talking about it. And I got swept up in the momentum of the Soccer World Cup. And I became interested in soccer for the first time. And I was looking at who's playing who and what the scores were and, and what the uh, results were going to be and who's progressing and all these things. And I really enjoyed it. But two weeks later, if you had asked me who won the Soccer World Cup in 2002, I'm not sure I would have known because my passion had faded. The same thing actually happened in Germany, 2006. I got all excited about the, the Soccer World Cup. Two weeks later, I've no idea who wins. If you ask me today who won the World Cup, I've got no idea. Same in South Africa, and I'm sure it's going to happen with Brazil. We're going to be bombarded with all these messages of the World Cup. But my passion fades when it's not in the forefront of me. And you know, our passion for God can be similar, in that when we immerse ourselves in the things of God, we're on fire, we're passionate for Him. But as soon as we might remove ourselves or perhaps forget about who God is, what he's done, when we put aside the things that are supposed to be in the God space, like the word and prayer and engaging with God through worship, we get distracted and our passion will drop. Our passion will fade. Well, that's at least my story. That's my experience. And I don't know if you can relate to that. This morning I want to talk about a passion for God. You see, somebody who is passionate for God goes after God. They put their own desires aside for God's purposes. They have this relationship with God that is so tight and so close that they are led by the Holy Spirit at all times. And it's the ultimate life. See, the world offers so much, but to be honest, it's really just a fraud. It's a fallacy. But the life that God offers us is vibrant and exciting, and powerful. And that's the kind of life I want, and I hope it's the kind of life you want. So we're talking about passion, and often passion will ebb and flow. But there's this verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 11, which says this, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. It seems to imply that God is saying, stay passionate. Don't lose your passion. Keep that zeal that you first had when you were saved. And so that's what I want to talk about this morning. How do we ignite our passion for God? Because the Christian life is definitely better than a life in the world. But sometimes when I look at 
in my own life or other other people maybe that's not quite so convincing and so i really want to encourage us and we're going to be talking about fasting later about having a passion for god for igniting a passion for god so before we move any further let's pray father i thank you for this morning lord i thank you that your holy spirit is already here working in our hearts lord i pray that you would anoint the words on my lips lord they not be from myself lord but from you and we just entrust this time that you would use it for your glory in jesus mighty name we pray amen this morning i've got three things we can do to reignite our passion for god and the first one is this declare god's grace Declare God's grace. How about we get our Bibles out? I'm going to turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3 from verse 22 through to verse 24. It says this, This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. If we turn over the page to uh, Romans 6, verse 14, it says, For for sin shall not be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. The truth is this morning, friends, that if you believe that Jesus Christ took your sins upon himself, if he died for your sins, then you are under grace. You are forgiven. You are released from the charge that would otherwise be put against you. And I don't know about you, but when I reflect upon grace, I start to realize how, how amazing this gift is that God has given me. How amazing it is that, sure, I am deserving of every punishment of my sin because the reality is is that I have sinned but God through his grace allows me to be forgiven and you know the enemy is no fool he will try and convince you otherwise he will try and remind you of your failures from whether they were last week 10 years ago he will try to tell you he will try to accuse you by saying that you are not worthy of God's grace that God cannot forgive you But can I encourage you, we need to stand on the Word of God. Believe and stand on what God's Word says. So when the enemy says that you're a failure, when you're not worthy, we get to turn to him and say, hang on, no, the Word of God says that I'm a child of God. The Word of God says that Jesus came so that my sins could be forgiven. The The Word of God says that I am forgiven, that I am not under the law, and that I am under grace. When the great accuser tries to remind you that all these sins that you've done in your past, we get to turn around and show him the Bible, the Word of God. And I don't know about you, but when I reflect upon God's grace, when I think about how amazing it is, I get passionate for God. This passion bubbles up inside of me. Even this week as I was preparing my message, I was reflecting upon God's grace and how I'm really not worthy, but God gives it to me anyhow. It's absurd. It's absurd. But God's grace drives me to be passionate, to want to know him more, to want to do life better with God. So that's our first one. Before I go on, I want to say this. By declaring God's grace, we pull the rug out from under the enemy. I love that analogy. We, he just trips over. He's got, he's got no leg to stand on when we acknowledge God's grace. Grace motivates us to live the kind of life God wants us to. So that's the first one, declaring God's grace. 
The second thing that will reignite our passion for God is disconnect from distractions. Disconnect from distractions. We live in a world that bombards us with all sorts of messages. There's the media, there's uh, movies, there's magazines, there's the internet, there's advertising all around us on billboards and other things like that. And the enemy's no fool. He's going to try and use these things to distract us from what should be a God space. And when I say God space, I mean that time or that moment where we actually engage with God, where our lives are enriched by God because we're actually setting aside, setting aside time for him. And so the enemy knows that, and he's going to try and distract you and I from, from spending time with God. And so we need to be mindful that we need to disconnect from those distractions. But he's, the enemy is even more clever in that he will use things that are subtle and even things that are good to distract us. He'll use things like work. He'll use things like a busy social life. He'll use things like a busy family life to basically diminish your opportunity to engage with God so that your focus is not on God at all. And so we need to be mindful of the schemes of the enemy. We need to put to death the things that will distract us from God. A great example is social media. If I, uh, if I was honest, I could say that I could make social media my first thought for the day, my last thought at the end of the day and multiple times throughout the day, and it could control me. It could be the kind of thing where I just want to know how many people have liked my statuses or who, where is such and such up to today or what's this friend up to and just being occupied by this, and it, it can be a distraction from God. And so what I do, just as a means of just uh, saying, no, this is not going to be a distraction. This is not going to come between me and my God space, the space that I set aside for God. I go, just one day a week, I'm not going to look at Facebook. I'm not going to look at social media. And I just use that as a way for me where I'm just not going to allow this distraction to take hold of me. Now, social media in and of itself, of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But we don't want to allow it to just block us or stop us from filling our God space with who we should be filling it with. And as we do that, as we make space for God in our lives, as we get to know God better, as we tune our ears and our eyes into what God is saying and speaking to us, passion for God starts to ignite. A passion for God starts to bubble over. And so that's our, our second point, that we need to disconnect from distractions. And it leads into our third one, because to disconnect from a, a distraction, we need to be disciplined. And the third point is this. Dedicate to discipline. Now, when we think about discipline, we might think of um, something that's boring or something, uh, might even think about some sort of punishment or, or legalistic. But when I'm talking about discipline, I'm actually talking about spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are life-giving, they're fulfilling, and they're ultimately enjoyable experiences. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. You see, the fruit of investing our energy into a spiritual discipline is a closeness to God. And you might be asking, well, what on earth is a spiritual discipline? The spiritual discipline is anything that augments your faith in God or augments your relationship with God to take it to another level. It enables us to grow into spiritual maturity. Now, the thing about uh, growing in spiritual maturity is that it's not just head knowledge or even heart knowledge. James talks about a man who looks in a mirror and as soon as he turns away, forgets 
what he looks like. In the same way, if we are confronted with what God wants us to do, as we use this God space to engage with God and he tells us how to live our lives, but we go away and don't do it, well, that's not spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is when we are close to God, we hear what he wants us to do, and we go and do it. Pastor John, I know, has shared before about uh, being a disciple is one thing, but being a disciple maker is where God wants to take us. We need to apply what we learn as a disciple to go and make other disciples. And so we can use spiritual disciplines to help us get closer to God. There's things such as uh, the discipline of prayer, of studying God's word, of worship, of serving, of fasting, of meditation, the discipline of giving, the discipline of confession. And there's a whole big long list of others. But it's when we apply ourselves, when we allow ourselves to be disciplined, to to determine to be disciplined, that we actually get to open up our God space just a little bit more. Step away from the distractions and allow God to really engage in our lives. And one of the best ways for me that I've been able to do that is by fasting. I make space for God by fasting because it forces me. It forces me to decide not to go through the distractions and to actually make more space for God. I'm not eating I'm spending time with God. And there's a challenge that we want to put out to you as a church today. Starting next week, starting next Sunday, we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if you're finding that maybe your Christian journey isn't living up to its if it isn't living up to what you thought it might be, maybe you're finding that, hey, maybe what the world offers is better. Can I just encourage you? What the world offers is a fake and a fraud. What God offers is true life. And if you're not really experiencing that, this is a great opportunity for you to open up the God space in your life and discover God afresh. May he pour out his love into your life. May he reignite a passion for him within your life. And so that's what we're going to be doing with our fasting. And what is a fast? Well, uh, fasting is when we make space in our lives for God. And we want our church to be a body of passionate God lovers. It's where we abstain from things such as food, or it might be media or entertainment or, or only some foods. We're going to talk about that later. But through fasting, we actually shut down the natural man so the spiritual man can rise up. Does that make sense? We shut down the natural man so the spiritual man can rise up. We actually starve unbelief and feed faith. I love that. We starve unbelief and we feed faith through fasting. And so you might be here this morning thinking, that sounds a bit full on. Is this going to be worth it? Will God even answer my prayers? Will I die if I don't go without food for 21 days? And the answer, the truth is, I'm not sure. Maybe you will die. It's, it's possible. Hopefully you're wise enough to break it fast if you're on your deathbed. But what I can say is what the God of word, the, the word of God reflects. The word of God says this in James chapter four, verse eight: "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." We take the first step. If we, if you want to get closer to God, if you want to reignite your passion for God, we take the first step. And God will draw near to you. And we have a great opportunity this week coming to set new patterns in place, to set a new uh, uh, opportunity for God, for a God space in our lives.
And I've done fasting for many years. And I've, no, I know that God has directed my life and, and spoken to me in numerous ways. And to be honest, it's actually usually not during the fast itself, but I see God's hand afterwards. And to be honest, I, we wouldn't be here on the North Shore, I'm not so sure, if it wasn't for the fasting that we engaged in last year. God is able to do things in us and through us when we just really make that space available to him. And you might want to use this fasting time to, to pray for a specific need, whether it's a health issue or a career issue or a family issue or you want to see somebody saved. But for me, this fast in particular, I'm going to use it because I want to reignite my passion for God. I, I want to burn for God like I never have before. And this is a great opportunity that we're going to do, that we're going to have for that. In the same way that, the rugby, uh, sorry, the rugby, soccer World Cup. The soccer World Cup is going to come and go, and my passion for soccer is going to come and go. We need to be mindful that we don't allow that to happen for our passion for God. We need to make sure that we engage God and, and make this space for God, this time for God, so that we can get closer to Him, so that we can hear from Him, so that we can know Him all the more intimately. And we need to keep that in the forefront of our everyday lives because the reality is if we do a 21 day fast and go back to our old habits our passion for God will fade I don't know about you but I, I don't want that for my life and I, I don't want that for your life but we need to make that decision as to what we're going to do when it comes to God when we do the basics right when we declare God's grace when we disconnect from the distractions when we dedicate to the spiritual disciplines, we open up a new life in God. I, don't know, I know it sounds a bit weird that to give up food, for example, sounds very backward, but it's actually getting away from the distractions that is the ultimate power, I believe. And so I want to encourage you to do that. How about we pray? Father, I thank you, Lord, that even now I believe that you're depositing in various people across this auditorium under the sound of my voice, a passion for you, Lord God. A passion for you, Lord. And I pray that this week that the revelation of your grace, the revelation of uh, just deciding what distractions to stay away from, the revelation of making a God space for you via our, our, our spiritual disciplines, Lord, that it would sink in our hearts and, Father, that it would be something that has lasting effect because we're, we've ignited a passion for you. Father, I thank you that you make yourself known to us. I thank you, Lord, that we need to take the first step, Lord, and as we do it in faith, you will honor that, Lord. I believe absolutely that you will honor that first step as we draw near to you, that you will draw near to us. And, Father, I just uh, pray that you would seal this word in our hearts in Jesus' name. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I, I want to make an opportunity for those that are here this morning who heard Pastor John and then myself talk about God's grace or the hope found in God. And that might be a message you've never heard before, or it might be a message you've heard even hundreds of times before, but you've never been confident enough to respond to that. And I'm going to give you an opportunity right now. You see, the truth is, is that God loves you. He loves you absolutely. He loves you exactly where you are. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you are, God loves you. And he wants to be in this intimate relationship with you.
The problem is, of course, is that if we're honest, we've all done things that are against God's will. We've all done sin, is what we would term it. We've all fallen short of a standard that God wants us to live by. And so there's this loving God who loves you with a passion that we can never fully comprehend, but at the same time we've all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And so God says, I'm going to send my son and he's going to take on the punishment that these people deserve, these people that I love. And the gospel message is this, is that if you turn your life over to Jesus, Jesus' death on the cross means that he takes the punishment for you and we can live in the victory and the freedom and in the relationship that God always intended for us to have. In a few moments' time, I'm going to invite you, if you want to respond to this invitation, to raise your hand and I will acknowledge you. And then we're going to pray just where you are. The whole church, in fact, we're going to pray a prayer with you where we invite Jesus into our lives. And so if that's you this morning and you need to respond to this invitation and say, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning and you want to live in this fullness of life that we're talking about, well, this is the first step right now. If that's you this morning, how about you raise your hand so that I can see. We'll pray for you right where you are. Is there anybody here this morning that needs to turn their life away from what the, the fraud of what the world offers and enter into the new life that is only found in Jesus Christ? Is that you this morning, friends? As Christians are praying, I, want to, I don't want you to miss this opportunity to enter into this new life with God. A few more moments this morning. It takes courage. It takes courage. But I promise it would be the best decision you made. Life with God is like no other. One last opportunity this morning. Is that you? Raise your hand and I want to pray with you. We want to encourage you and celebrate with you. Okay. No problem. Let me pray anyhow. Father, I thank you for each heart, Lord, that you've spoken into this morning. And Lord, I believe that there's seeds of faith that are taking root all across this room. Lord, I pray that those seeds would go deep in good soil. Father, that lives would be transformed because of the power of the gospel. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, I, I didn't want to finish my time this morning without being some, giving some practical advice about fasting. And so we have a few resources available for you. And the first is these. There's a prayer and fasting guide. And uh, this is the blue one. They're at the back there uh, for you this morning as you leave. And this is very practical. It, it tells you about what type of fast there are and how to fast and explains how we do prayer in our, our devotional life and, and make room for God in our God space during our fasting and at the back, we've also got uh, 21 prayer points, one for each day of the 21 days. And we want to encourage the entire, entire church, if you're not even able to fast, for whatever reason, that's fine. We want to encourage you to pray nonetheless, because praying as a corporate body is so powerful. Amen? And so there's 21 prayer points in this fasting guide that, that you can follow and pray with us as a church. The second uh, resource we have for you is this black one. This is actually a devotional guide in itself. 
And uh, you can use this as a, a short passage that you read from the Bible each day, something to reflect upon. We encourage you to journal what you believe God is saying to you. And then just a, a basic prayer as well as the corporate prayer for each of the 21 days. And again, that's available for you at the back. And maybe you've already got your own pattern for devotions. That's fine. You, you don't need to take this. Just take the blue one. Or if you know how to fast but you want to join us on the devotions, just take this one. W whatever works for you is fine. Another resource we've got is, uh, well, we don't have it here, but I want to encourage you that if, if you want to really lift in your passion for God, there's this book called Awakening by uh, Stovall Weems. He's a pastor in the U.S. And um, this book in itself has been, been really encouraging for me about reigniting my passion for God. And you can get that from Kurong or online. Okay. Very quickly, some practicalities of fasting. I'm going, to, I'm going to fly through these really quickly. But I want to encourage you by saying you need to consider where you're at and start there. And by that I mean that if you've never fasted before, trying to do 21 days without food is going to be a challenge and probably not the wisest thing to do. Um, so we just carry, encourage you that if maybe if you have a, a, a labor-intensive job, that you consider a, a variation of fast. You can mix up your fast by uh, something like uh, maybe only skipping one meal or only uh, abstaining from certain foods. And uh, so we encourage you to do that. I do have to make a confession and say that fasting... It is hard, particularly at the start. And so you need to be prepared for that. For me, I drink coffee normally. And when I fast and stop drinking coffee, that, that for me is particularly hard. And it's once I get through the pain of the first day or two, it's actually really freeing and really rewarding. It's, it's a very, uh, I mean, it, obviously you're losing weight, but it's a very light feeling and a very rewarding feeling. And it makes, it makes that time with God all the more powerful. And so that's why we abstain from food uh, when we fast. Uh, I need to encourage you to manage your energy. Um, if, if you've got a full-on job or, uh, you know, you, a family life, you've got young children and, and you need to put that first. You, you really do need to get a, dedicate your energy towards those sorts of things. But at the same time, we still want to encourage you to, to make that space for God. I want to say that there's no condemnation if you can't stick to your plan, for whatever reason that is. There's no condemnation. The spiritual disciplines are not about condemning you. The spiritual disciplines are about lifting you up and in taking you to a, a new place with God. So if for whatever reason you, just, you can't continue with your fast, no condemnation is spoken over you, not, not a skerrick. And I want to encourage that if you can get back on, that's fine. But if you can't, that's fine as well. But continue to seek God in, in this time. Um, some practical precautions when you're breaking your fast. I'll get the team to come up if I could. Some practical precautions. If you go without food for more than three days or so, your digestive system will stop. And you actually need to be careful the way that you reintroduce food into your system. Uh, for me, I take a can of tomatoes, pop it in a bowl, heat it up in the microwave, salt and pepper, does the job. Gets the system working again. And you just need to be wise in how you restart your digestive system. Um, and uh, there's some practical things in the, in the fasting guide. And the last thing I want to say is stick to the duration that you've planned. We can't try and fast and use it as some way of trying to manipulate God. So if you're believing God for an answer to prayer about something in particular, 
Don't say, I'm going to fast for 21 days, and then at the end of the 21 days, you haven't got your answer, so you, you fast even more. It's like a child holding their breath until they get what they want. And God doesn't work that way, and it's incredibly unwise. The only exception to that, I would perhaps say, is if you clearly believe God has spoken to you about extending your fast, and two or three uh, leaders or witnesses have endorsed that, maybe then you would do it. But you want to be um, wise in, in fasting, I'm pretty sure it's not going to kill you, but you do need to be careful. And so I just want to encourage you with that this morning. Do you receive that? Who's going to give a go, have a go at fasting? We got any takers? Fantastic. So like I said, there's the resources available for at the back. If you're not sure, take them anyhow. Just take it anyhow and read it through. And, and you might be able to do something uh, that, that works for where you're at. And we really want to encourage you to do that. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 